Do it. Do it. Welcome to a special Halloween edition of the Austin Otaku Podcast, hosted by Jesse McDonald and Keith Goo. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a special Halloween edition of the Austin Otaku Podcast. My name is Jesse McDonald, and joined yet again by my ghost with the most co-host, Keith Good. Keith, how's it going? I'm groovy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm How so happy we did this. I'm good. Uh, it's been a been a busy couple of weeks as we're kind of changing some stuff up for the the end of the year. So I'm really happy to end the week this way. Yes, thank God it's Friday or whatever deity of choice you choose to thank for Friday. Thank Freya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, today uh, for our very special Halloween episode and the very first panel edition. We have four very special guests for the Austin Otaku podcast that Keith and I have known for a very long time from the search industry, uh, especially in the conference scene. So returning to the mic this week is our number three best guest on the Austin Otaku podcast, Casey Marquis. He is the founder of MediaWise, a marketing consulting firm that focuses on smart SEO for food and lifestyle bloggers. If you want to learn more about him and his hobbies, definitely check out episode eight of our podcast. Remember, third most played, third best episode. You can get him to second, folks. You can totally get him to second. Uh, Yeah. And we're also joined by uh, one of my favorite fellow bald and bearded specimens of nerdy awesomeness, Greg Gifford, or as uh, Jesse calls him, Greg Gifford, or is it Dreg? Dreg Gifford. Dreg Dreg Drifford. (laughs) He is the vice president of search at Search Lab, a regular speaker on the conference circuit, uh, an instructor for SEM Rush, and a regular blogger and vlogger. He loves movies, tattoos, certain TV shows, video games, and snowboarding. Next, we have the SEO director at Cardinal Digital Marketing and DFW SEM Association board member, John McAlpin. Most recently, you probably heard John alongside Nava Hopkins, Danny Goodwin, and myself as we discuss search marketing and heavy metal music. In addition to his love for music, John is a movie and TV buff and a huge basketball fan. Lastly, but not leastly, we have (laughs) Shelly Fagan. She's a consultant, technical SEO, SEM Rush brand ambassador, conference speaker, industry awards judge, and blogger. Like myself, in her spare time, she is a hair care and skin care junkie. Additionally, she's a regular card shark and weather nerd. Welcome, everyone. Thank hey. you. Yay. So exciting to have you guys here. This is going to be a really good uh, good panel. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, and we're hoping to make it nice and spooky and scary for everyone. So, uh, you know, who knows, maybe we can put a rated R uh, on this particular episode. I, I think we should put a rated R on costume. <laughs> <laughs> see, I appreciate the, uh, no one is probably going to see this, but I appreciate the Blade Runner. I wore my Halloween four shirt. <laughs> you can tell that from like the top edge. You can tell that's what that is. Hell yeah. That is talent, dude. Yeah, brother. It's actually, look, it's like. The Korean version of Blade Runner. Oh, that's <laughs> Japanese. Nice. I or dig Japanese. it. I don't know. Whatever it is. 
I have a bunch <laughs> of shirts that are like Asian movie shirts, so I never know which country it's from. I dig it. So, today hey. I today I'm oh. wearing my NASA t-shirt. I'm a NASA engineer. That's my Halloween costume. Spooky for space. <laughs> yeah, I have my glasses on too. So yeah. So, Thank you all for being here. Um, this is our 13th episode of the podcast, so we decided Ooh. that it came at the absolute perfect time. Why not make it a Halloween panel? Because mm. Halloween is a big thing in my life. Uh, growing up, it was always my favorite thing. My wife and I got married on Halloween. Big fan. Wasn't really celebrated as hardcore back where I'm from, so it's it's a special thing for me, and we kind of go all out. So wanted to make this a really special episode, so thanks for joining. Thanks Absolutely. Yeah. And because we have so many people on the call, we've sort of changed up the format a little bit. We'll go through a few topics uh, before we get to our Tell Me Something Good segment and then do another series of topics before we get to our special Halloween lightning round. Um, but, um, you know, what we'd like to do is make sure everyone has a chance to talk. So we'll give everybody a couple of minutes to give their answers to specific topics and then we'll do a group discussion. But, uh, like in the presidential debate, I have installed shot collars on, on all of you. So I will shock you if you speak over your, uh, opponent. So this is going <laughs> our next. You, know, you, you, you can't see them. Um, they're there though. Trust you me. obviously didn't get the package that we sent you. <laughs> Drats foiled again. I put so, it on my dog. So <laughs> I put it on my kid. <laughs> Prepare for some yelps in the background. Whoops. <laughs> so let's kick this off a little, uh, little tame, uh, as this might be our first rated R episode. Um, so let's kind of let's. Let's talk a little bit about what what everyone kind of enjoys most about Halloween. So maybe Shelly, do you want to want to kick it off? Oh well, wait. First of all, I want to clarify: rated R. Does that mean cuss words are okay during this, or or no? Always. Are they oh, no? it does. Always. We don't care. All, right. all episodes are awesome. All right. Shelly so. has not listened to the show yet. Um. <laughs> Just clarifying. Um, geez, I will tell you probably. I just love, I'm a horror film fanatic. So I've, I grew up like my grandparents really did not moderate my TV at all. And so I would mm. on and just get fascinated by some of probably the most inappropriate things you possibly could. And a lot of times it was scary movies. And what was so cool is all of my cousins were little wussies. <laughs> And they were such babies and they still tell me to this day that their most trauma came from sleepovers when I would subject them to scary movies and they'd wake up screaming in the middle of the night. And I think that's so much fun. Oh no, I love it. I love scary times of the year. And uh, just honestly, I like to, I've now literally turned into a parent who traumatizes my kids in the same way I traumatize my cousins. So <laughs> it's good for them. It Good is. For them. It is. It is. How about yourself, uh, Greg? I've just always been a Halloween fan. I've I've been a big fan of dressing up and doing the scary stuff. And I actually, you know, twenty years ago was, I guess, what you would call a, a professional costume contest guy. So I would go out and win money at bars and clubs every Halloween weekend. And the the best year ever, I won ten grand in one weekend. Um, so I was, I was really serious. I would spend significant time planning what I would do and, 
wearing these just crazy, crazy costumes. And uh, it, it was a whole lot of fun. I'm the, That's the one thing that is kind of not cool about having kids is now I can't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> so I transfer all of it onto making crazy costumes for my kids. But yeah, I just, I, I love it. Horror movies have always been my favorite. Uh, I actually wrote a, my thesis for film school was on horror mo- postmodern horror movies. Whoa. So I'm a big horror fan. Nice. How about yourself, Casey? Yeah, I, I grew up in Kansas. So again, holidays were great. You didn't get a chance to do much else. We always had the haunted hay rides because uh, we didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> of course, that was in the good old days when you could walk, you know, unmolested throughout the town late at night and walk two miles to, to town and two miles back to your house and be relatively safe. Uh, but yeah, I like, I love Halloween. I, my kids, uh, they're, they're teenagers now. One's a junior, one's a senior, so they don't take it as seriously as they did before. But we always had a great time taking the kids around and, and uh, the like. Did, Greg, do you remember when we were in PubCon and we went to the, before they got rid of the the horror dome at the Adventure Dome? Remember that at Circus Circus? We went, Hell yeah, man. That thing was we were, awesome. And we took, and I took you in the car and we went down there because we were going to do it and it was closed. Yeah, but I went to it another time and that thing was the coolest. I still wish they had it. It was not as <laughs> cool do. as they had the haunted house that Eli Roth did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, we, the Goratorium and that thing was freaking amazing. I wish that had worked out. We took, uh, took Blake to the, the Universal Studios, the haunted, the haunted nights where they had all the, yeah. The I'm, I'm super bummed to not get to do that this year. Yeah, tough break. Oh man. Hey John, about- so uh, how about you? Uh, if we can go back, if you don't mind, Greg, you can't just like brush over. I won ten thousand dollars on a costume contest <laughs> and not tell us what the costume was. <laughs> Good point. Uh, I was. Gosh, it's tough to describe. Okay, so I was a clown, but I was on drywall stilts. But I had crutches for the arms with fake monster hands on the arms. So I would walk around on all fours like a gorilla. But at that point, I'm already six feet tall. So people thought it was like two people in a costume. And then I would stand up. So I was 10 feet tall. And then when I put the arms out with the crutches, it was like a 12-foot arm span. But then I had two other fake arms that were attached about at my waist that were tied on by uh, like fishing line. So when I picked up the main arms, it picked up the other arm. So I was this big forearm clown. And then I was like really, I always have been really into like Hollywood style, like glue on your face makeup. So I had a really, yeah, I had a really bad, uh, really badass foam latex clown face on. It was super scary. And so, you know, it was, it looked like it was a mask, but then when you start talking, you know, it's moving with your face. So it was just, a really, and a, it turns out there are a ton of people, especially really big, bulk, bulky, you know, football player types that are terrified of clowns. So it was a fun costume to wear, but I won a ton of money because I was one of the first people to do the whole stilts thing years ago. Man, like, did you fall? And it sounds like if you fall, you're like, oh, it's over. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it actually wasn't that bad because you got the stilts to, or you got the, you know, I'm walking around on all fours most of the time. And if somebody does start to go that direction, you've got crutches in both hands. So you can just kind of turn around and keep yourself from falling. But another year, a couple of years later, I was a giant robot and I walked upright the whole time because the arms had like things in it. And that was difficult. That was a lot scarier. Wow. 
That must have hurt. It didn't hurt your back, huh? Uh, it didn't hurt my back when I was the the clown. I also did a demon that was that way. So I was the clown, and then I did a clown the year after, and then I did demon for two years before I ended up doing the robot. And those, it didn't hurt my back, but the straps on the drywall stilts fucked up my legs because <laughs> the drywall stilts are meant to be stood on, not to be, like, leaning over. So it put a lot mm. of stress on the strap to keep my leg in there. So... I was I, I like the first year I did it, I was bleeding. Like it really messed up my legs. But then it did hurt my back the year that I was the big robot because I had 40 pounds of batteries strapped to my back to light all of the custom neon stuff that I had on. So Good. that was tough. That's oh, wow. dedication, man. It totally is. Yeah, I spent I three months making that costume when I was a robot. I don't know what's more yeah. scary, that story or the look on Shelly Fagan's face when you used an obscenity. <laughs> she's just thinking why did why couldn't i why use did i agree to this I, I was supposed to be the first one to use that word <laughs> so john what's uh what's your affinity for halloween uh i'm not been much of a costume wearing person but i love looking at the costumes and the decorations i like every year same thing with christmas you go around and drive around look at all the how much people go all out on the yards and stuff but for me it's always been the movies I, i'm just a huge horror movie fan and so like I mean, I'll watch horror movies all year round, but that's when they really come out, all the reruns and things like that. So it's all about the movies for me. Nice. Seems like everybody's got a good good uh, memory around Halloween. Um, any favorites out there? Anything that sort of strikes you as your favorite Halloween memory? Besides winning $10,000 <laughs> in a costume contest. <laughs> Everybody's afraid to speak because they're like, I didn't win $10,000. It doesn't well, I mean, I've, I've always been really into going to haunted houses. So that's always been, you know, besides the costume side of things, I've always been just a massive, massive fan of haunted houses. And yeah, I just have, I mean, in college, I, I was a mascot. So I was friends with all the cheerleaders and found out my senior year, this girl that was a sophomore cheerleader, had never been to a haunted house in her life. And it wasn't because she was scared to go. She just never, she grew up in a small town and didn't really have the opportunity. So I took her to one here in Dallas and it was a really, really good one. And about halfway through, she just said, fuck this and just sat down. And I was like, you, you can't. <laughs> didn't, That's didn't not going to help things. Yeah, thank, thank God it wasn't like a date situation because that would have made it a million times worse, but it was just friends. But it was just me and her, and I'm like, you can't sit down. you got to go. And she's like, this this messed up. I'm not doing it. So the guy came out from the scene and was like, hey, are you okay? And she was like, I can't do this. Like, no. And he was like, oh, well, you, there's exits. And it turns out in every haunted house, which I didn't know until this, every single little scene, there's an exit door. So if people freak out, they can take you out. That's like part of the requirements of building it or whatever. So he's like, you can go out right here. And she's like, all right, cool, let's go. And I'm like, I'll see you at the end. She's like, you're not going to go out? And I'm like, I just dropped 30 bucks. This is a good haunted house. I'm going to go through the haunted house. <laughs> I let her go out, and I kept going. That one was that was pretty awesome. The the Eli Roth one in Vegas was amazing. Uh, the the dome thing at Circus Circus was really kick-ass, too. So I've, I've been to a lot of fun stuff. See, my memory, I mean, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but getting married on Halloween and having everyone come in costume was super cool. That's awesome. Uh, I need to post more of those pictures because yeah, it's awesome. Like it. It's very that. much like a Gomez, Morticia, Adams family sort of thing. Like there were people dressed as like Voorhees at, at my wedding. That's uh, awesome. I think my aunt came as a nun, which was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of really cool shit. <laughs> But, Did you uh, all your do all your spouses handle 
haunted houses pretty well because I can tell you, mine does not. We uh, <laughs> took her down, and this is we had only we had only been married two years, and she never once ever said that she didn't like haunted houses. And so we went down to the to the Del Mar here, Del Mar uh, Fairgrounds here in San Diego, and they have this have this uh, fright dome, terror dome thing that they have set up, and we went with a couple with another couple. And not once did she say she didn't like haunted houses until we'd already paid as $30 each, made it to the front of it. She couldn't go in. Like, what? I'm like, no, can't do it. Can't do it. She tried to walk in, didn't even get to the first bend, immediately came out. And I'm like, this is the first time you're telling me this. Yeah, sorry. No, can't do it. Um, I will see you outside. And so she just out 30 bucks, just like that. Boom, like that. And it was a, it was a, it was a good haunted house, but uh, yeah, it was it was learn something new every day. Good. Yeah. No, they're not, they're not cheap. Yeah. Go, go <laughs> ahead, Shelby. They are very expensive. Um, that is exactly what I love about my relationship because Brian is a scaredy pants. He doesn't like <laughs> at all. He, he just can't stand it, and I he tolerates it all for me. But like, if it's anything that's like supernatural or like like any Ouija board things or anything. He's like, Nope, I'm not inviting those spirits into my house. Like he gets freaked out. <laughs> oh, not a lot of my house either. Yeah. I don't, I don't mess with Ouija boards. <laughs> no thanks. See our, our front doormat is a Ouija board. Nice. Uh, so yeah, but there's a difference between you've got a Ouija board front doormat. That's kind of kitschy and cool. It's not like you're sitting there trying to communicate people fair or yeah. communicate with entities with your doormat. Where they do that. <laughs> oh yeah. See, we have a rule at the house. Cause I mean, we, we keep kind of spooky stuff up around the house all year long. We have a rule that if it's Ouija board related, it can't have arms on it that move like a clock or anything. That's a no go. Cause that's just welcoming shit in. Not doing that. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a, I really hate that obviously for more reasons than, than this, but I really hate that COVID-19 is, is that, you know, we still have this pandemic going on because we can't have the haunted house houses this year that we've had oh. in the past. Austin has a, um, a fantastic uh, haunted house here called house of torment. And mm-hmm. they always put on a fantastic show. And listen, I'm, I'm at the point in my my life where I my ability to suspend disbelief is just gone. I, it's supernatural stuff. I don't believe in. I don't believe in any of this stuff. I'm a complete. Whoa, really? Oh, 100 percent. I don't believe in any. Oh, we'll of this have to stuff. get back to that then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so no, nothing like in most horror movies scares me except for the ones that are like about slashers, for example. You know, because that can happen. You can have a psycho that goes around slashing people. That can happen. But a, somebody rising from the grave. Bleh. Um. But, you know, I still enjoy House of Torment because I, I go in and I, I'm like, that's an impressive set. That's an impressive costume. That's a really well done job of acting like you're going to kill me, you know. So what you need to do is next year when they have it again, go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, either in California or Florida. Because it's, it's, it's the most like the whole time. Yeah, you get scared. You, you do get scared. They're really good. But it's almost you have this separation from how scary the haunted house is because you're so in awe of the sets. It's yes. like movie like they had one the last two years they've done Stranger Things and it's legit like you mm-hmm. are walking through the Stranger Things house or they this year they did Ghostbusters and there was stuff where it was like 
you're on the set of Ghostbusters. Like <laughs> they spend millions on these sets. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the Ghostbusters awesome. one was fantastic because it was like multi-level. So you get in the mm-hmm. elevator and they take yeah. you up and there's another whole story of, of sets there. But yeah, we, we did it here at Universal here in Hollywood last year. My son, 17 at the time, couldn't make it through all the houses. Whoa. Yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't let him live it down. Since. <laughs> so they have one of the house of a thousand corpses oh yeah yeah yeah, they have house of a thousand yeah my, kid, my kid only did that once he wouldn't do that one again he was like yeah, that's, a, the Stranger Things one, that's why when you guys are going to do this if you guys ever do these 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 halloween horror nights invest in the vip batch yeah for sure really from now on guys we so have it, a guide all that stuff is the house of a thousand corpses haunted house yeah, yeah. it was awesome <laughs> And ironically, at Universal Studios, where Universal turned Rob Zombie down to create House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, one of the best COVID adaptions I've seen is in Dallas. Reindeer Manor is an actual haunted house that they do every year. Um, like, legit, the house is haunted. So for COVID, they said, it's a, basically it's one of those you drive down a dirt road. And like it's like legit scary, just the road itself, just to get there. They turn the whole like property into a drive-through haunted house Ooh, where you tune yeah. into the radio and they give you clues. It's like a okay, there's been an outbreak and zombies are everywhere or something, and you have to get to the the drop zone or whatever, and they give you clues on the radio. Oh, that's great. Wow. That's that's awesome. Awesome. Where's where is that? I would assume it's in, it's in Red Oak, like kind south of south of Dallas. Now, yeah, that's, I mentioned I mentioned to you the Del Mar thing that we had here. It's called the Scream Zone now that the memory is coming back. It's drive-through this year, so we're going to take the kids tomorrow night, and it's hilarious. You see, I will be taking the kids, not the wife. <laughs> He's been very clear about that. I said it's in a car; you don't have to get out. Not good enough. Not good enough. So we'll we'll let you know how that goes. But she, yeah, and and get me links to both of those because when I uh, when I write up the show notes, I'll provide links to the listeners in our show notes. Yeah, I need to know about any of those that have that you actually have to sign a waiver. <laughs> if you die here, you have to do that. Yeah, we have a waiver they for have, the houses. They, they have one in, in Fort Worth that's really cool, where it's it's one of those multi-level ones too. It's in this old warehouse, so it's just creepy anyway because it's an old abandoned warehouse. But they have one section that you come into, and they kind of you have to line up outside of the room. So it's a weird. It kind of breaks the haunted house experience because you have your whole system that you're going through but then it's almost like you stop and there's a secondary waiting area but you go into this one section and it's a maze and they turn off all the lights and they give you a glow stick and you have five minutes to find your way out of the maze and nobody's jumping out at you or anything you're just in like pitch black darkness with a little and the glow sticks are like this big (laughs) a little bitty glow stick and you're like holding it and it's like you might have like just a two foot hole in the wall that you have to crawl through to get to the next room or whatever. And it's massive. And like, we've done it several years and never made it out. And then in five minutes, they turn on the lights and everybody goes, but apparently if you make it out, you get your entrance fee, like your $30 for the haunted house back. So it's free if you can find out your way out. So it's kind of cool. Your whole experience is just being in darkness. (laughs) Shelly, it's not a haunted house per se, but uh, if you in, in Vegas, Zach Bagans, the guy that does ghost adventures, his museum is there and you have to sign a waiver to go in. So like if you bring any spirit shit home with you, that's on you because like he has stuff from the. um, Oh, uh, the the couple, the Warrens, the couples from The Conjuring, he has shit from them. Nice. Uh, so he's like, you're going to come into contact with us if any of this follows you home. Yeah, not on me. Cursed objects. <laughs> 
No, yeah, I, I've yeah. definitely legit. I've like had friends. I have a friend who does every horror attraction in the in the country. Like if there's a haunted somewhere. He, so in New Orleans, has a whole bunch. And he was reported like going like touring haunted places and then like it following him down the street. Like just weird stuff. So hmm. yeah, I'm careful about which ones are the waivers or like <laughs> anyone can come. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's move on to the next topic. I actually brought this up myself uh, because I think it's one of the types of horror movies that can actually get to me, uh, Mister Mister Nonbeliever, Mister Mister Too Too you know big to be scared of anything. Um, but slasher movies. Uh, how about each of you tell us what's your favorite slasher movie and why? Uh, we'll start. Uh, we'll start back with you, John. My favorite is the movie that actually got me into horror in the first place. Um, I'm 11 years old at like a sleepover with all the guys and we're flipping through the channels. And this is the friend that has the one friend that has the HBO channel. So we're all like, let's go see what's on there. The second we flip to it is a naked woman jumping out of the lake. Dig and it. we're like, go back, go back to that channel. And then <laughs> it's Friday the 13th part two. And so we're like, we're, we're there for that. And then all of a sudden this guy in a hockey mask shows up with a machete and we're like, what's going on? And so instantly hooked into the, the, the Jason series um, and and from there it's all off the deep end. You know, from there to um, Nightmare on Elm Street and all the classic slashers. And so that that was what got me into it. Always nice. a favorite. Nice, very nice. And by the way, I, I'm not sure the hockey mask didn't that didn't make its appearance until what three? Three, um, oh, three. yeah. So it, it may it may have been a a, a pillowcase that was. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it was actually, burlap yeah. sack or burlap sack. <laughs> exactly. So. Who's next? Uh, let's go with Casey. More recent, No One Lives, Luke Evans, 2012. That movie is freaking badass. And if any of you have not seen it, you are welcome. Write it down. No One Lives, Luke Evans. No One Lives? Yeah, and it is a it is fascinating. It's about a couple who are in a diner, and they're, they're basically marked by a band of highway killers, a family. And they terrorize the couple, not realizing that the guy's a serial killer himself and he basically just busts them up the whole movie and it is badass. And I can't say enough about Luke Evans, who is extremely underrated. Love that guy. Like you guys would know him. He was the, one of the villains in the fast and the furious movies. Uh, he's, he's been in a ton of shit, but he is, no one lives badass. You guys will love it. Huge. Is the title a spoiler? Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a repeated line a couple times, but yeah, he, it's good. You guys I was are about welcome. to ask that is uh, does anyone live? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Obviously, the main guy does. <laughs> I'm tell you, that movie is extremely underappreciated. I watch it every year. It's that nice. good. Nice. Wow. Nice watch it. Yeah. Um, nice. Just so I could get him really scared about picking up hitchhikers and things like that and making sure who don't talk to strangers. But yeah, it's mm. good. No one lives. 2012. You guys will love it. Cool. Jefford? Man, I, I got to go with Mike Myers, man. Yes. Uh, that's the original. Uh, you know, it's the one that started everything. Uh, and back when I was a kid, we would watch all the Halloween movies except for three because that one sucks. Uh, 100%. <laughs> but we'd, we'd, the, week, the week of Halloween, we'd watch all the Halloween movies. And it, it led even through college. So even in college, we would get everybody together the week of Halloween and watch all the Halloween movies. And it was it's always been just a massive thing for for me and my close friends and i absolutely love all of those and uh I, you know i will be getting a michael myers tattoo on my leg when i get down to uh, that section of my body 
and yeah, absolutely love it. Super bummed that they had to delay the Halloween kills till next year. Yeah, that looked good. That looks good. Yeah. Uh, remind me, GIF, uh, I can put you in touch with a friend that actually works on those movies. Holy shit, that's badass. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I would love to ask somebody what the heck they were thinking about when they when they came up with season of the witch um i have that was a, literally the worst I, I have no idea i have no idea what you they know, were even I, thinking I, I actually know the story behind that is they had to make a movie before the rights lapsed and that was what they could come up with oh it was so and, bad and it's like if you go back and look at it it wouldn't even be so bad if it was at least a decent scary movie yeah, yeah. but exactly. it was just a shitty horror movie like <laughs> ah it's so bad yeah, so bad. Shelly, favorite slasher and why? Well, so you guys don't know this, but my maiden name is Myers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I used to actually tell all the kids that I was related to Michael Myers. No. Um, <laughs> I have to say, like, the first movies that I really remember, well, they're twofold, but Nightmare on Elm Street, um, loved all those. Now I watch them and they seem so cheesy. Um, but I remember just, it was so fun. Cause you know, I remember going with all my friends to the theater and I was the only one that wasn't like this. Um, and then, and really that is what really got that love of these like killer movies. So I don't know, I'd say Nightmare on Elm Street and obviously I like Michael Myers as well. So those are all really good. I wonder what the psychology is behind the the attraction to movies like this because I know you know coming out of the '60s, you know we we had the actual uh, murder from the family, um, you know uh, Charles Manson and all of this, and you know suddenly everyone's attracted to these movies after that where there's there's this sort of killer hounding and pursuing everyone until he kills them, you know, or she in in some cases. So what do you guys think? I, I personally I think it's because it's realistic in that there's psycho people out there and it can really happen versus so many people just don't believe in ghosts and that supernatural side of things well i mean it's the same sort of thing that if you're like a film person you you went from films being these magical fantasy worlds to in the 70s and especially in the 80s becoming more kind of gritty slash reality based so you know, horror movies have been around for forever, but it was like the classic universal stuff. And it was still supposed to be scary, but it was like, oh, you know, this is some fantastical thing, blah, 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 where now it becomes, yeah, it's just some dude chasing after you. That could really happen. Same same time, the Westerns got more realistic and action movies became more kind of real life based and not like the stupid, like, get to the chopper and like everybody's huge and all that i mean it's also like those low budget ones too seem to be sometimes the scariest like take it back to like uh, texas chainsaw massacre yeah super low budget but like more realistic and somehow made it more great like real grindhouse terrifying yeah and i actually live in round rock where the the uh the house for mm -hmm. texas chainsaw yeah. massacre I know exactly used to be located about. yeah i'm that's maybe four miles from where I live, I think. So wow. I grew up near Pflugerville. So I like would drive by like the bar and the, all, all that stuff where everything was filmed. That's I didn't awesome. know it was that close. I thought it was way out. That's awesome. Mm -mm. No, it's up here and uh, it's awesome. You know, of course that house is long gone. They moved, they've since moved it. 
so you know and it, there's probably a shopping center well there's a shopping center where it, it, it was filmed now i believe sad <laughs> so real quick because we're we're about to get into our next segment because you brought this up keith what is your favorite slasher oh my favorite slasher um gosh I actually recommended this in, in a previous episode, the um, the behind the mask, the the um, the rise of Leslie Vernon. I really enjoyed that movie just because it just it, it was taken as a documentary, but it just sort of showed how quickly someone can be, become sort of funny and charming and immediately turn into a, um, a psychopath in, in uh, just a flip of the dime or whatever. So <laughs> toss of the hat or the snap of the finger, whatever you want to say. How about yourself? Oh, I'm a Michael Myers guy. I find the the idea of the shape very fascinating. Um and it's such a it's such a palatable movie, especially the first one compared to all the other slasher movies because there's so little visual violence in it. There's a a bit, but it's not over the top. It's crazy. I love that movie. <laughs> So with that, I believe we are at the Tell Me Something Good segment of this Halloween edition. So basically, we're going to go over everyone's recommendations, their otaku recommendations, if you will. Uh, and let's see what let's, let's start out. Uh, Casey, what uh, what what's your recommendation this time around? You know, I just bought uh, some 3D. I, I'm a bourbon guy. I know you guys know that. I drink a lot of alcohol. Hey, maybe I drink to forget. Maybe I drink because I like bourbon. Either way, it's a great hobby to have. But uh, I just bought some, I'm not kidding here. I just bought these uh, 3D skull flexible ice cru- ice cubes, and they're pretty badass. And so if you guys are interested in something like that, though, you'll get them in like 24 hours. I'm going to paste over the link here, and they can put them in the show notes. So it's like a silicone mold? Yes, you make. Um, I made skull ice cubes for my uh, whiskey. Nice, Wait. I dig it. So, what about you, Shelley? Um. Okay, so I don't really have a product recommendation, but so remember, I said I love to scare my kids. Usually, <laughs> it's intentional. Um, but probably one of my best moments. Uh, we had a really, really crappy day, and we actually uh, my husband um, was grooming our dog we had a giant labradoodle who just passed away actually oh i'm sorry thank you sorry um but he was awesome but he he got a little nick while he was grooming and um we had to take him in and get it patched up and we were just having a bad day and so when i'm having a really bad day my husband gives in and lets me put on a scary movie because that's usually i have to negotiate for that <laughs> and um so this is right around the time Cabin in the Woods came out. And I absolutely love this movie. If you have not seen it, it's so cool because it really keeps you on your toes. And you really don't know what's going on until like the very end, which I love. Because usually I can like, I can just know what's going to happen. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And this one was awesome. Again, my kids, so this was like, what five or six years ago that it came out maybe seven it's probably been seven years so like dylan dylan's 11 now so that'll tell you how young she was 
Um, Jack's only a year older. So probably my oldest kid was like 10 or 11 at the time. The rest were all younger. So we're watching Cabin in the Woods because I'm all for just hardening them as children. And um, we get through and there's this really awesome scene when things are coming together at the end and all these elevators open and all this like blood starts gushing out and this crazy (laughs) stuff of you. And the kids are like screaming because it's freaking them out. And then all of a sudden we see blood everywhere. Like in our living room, our dog jumped up because we were all freaking out and he was shaking his head. His little ear patch came off and it was a bleeder and crashing everywhere. And the kids were screaming like bloody murder and it was (laughs) classic. And so, you know, a good scary movie and just those moments, it's, it's honestly, if you have not seen Cabin in the Woods, it's so good. I didn't give too much away with that, but it's a really cool scene. So, Shelly, were you laughing like, like an evil laugh? I was. While you're screaming? Oh my God, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was the best moment ever. My kids still talk about it to this day, like traumatized or entertained, whichever one, PTSD, who knows, but it was great. I wasn't sure where you were going with that, Shelly. I didn't know if you were going to recommend Cabin in the Woods or cutting your dog accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) Little this, little that. But, you know, if that gives you any ideas when you're watching that, like, just set the scene because that just made the movie, I'm telling you. Nice. How about you, John? Um... I'm sorry, what was the question again? What is your uh, otaku recommendation for... Thank you. That that whole story threw me. (laughs) So, um, probably this uh, movies don't really scare me. I hate jump scares. So I'm talking about truly terrifying. Can't sleep. Like the last one they really do it was like the exorcist, but like the last movie I watched, it's a modern movie that really got to me like, mostly because I watch it in like a home theater pitch black as above. So below. Oh, that's um, really? I don't like K's. I don't like, uh, like the claustrophobia and I love anything that has to do with paranormal, like, um, demons like uh, ghosts, anything like that. Those I enjoy those. So that one, watching Pitch Black, like in the room, was actually really good. Ooh, nice. That or the Hell House series, both of those kind of similar concepts, but mm-hmm. really good. Awesome. What about you, Jeff? Uh, book recommendation for those Ooh. of you who like to read. Uh, not directly related to Halloween, but kind of. Uh, it's a series of books called The Demon Cycle. Uh, the guy that wrote it is probably now my favorite writer. Uh, the guy's name is Peter V. Brett, and he is by far the best world builder. Like, you really, like, the That's writing is awesome, claim. But it, it really is. Like, he's the best world builder, and I've, I, I was told that. The person that recommended it to me said, this guy is the most amazing world builder. You get so sucked in, not just because it's an amazing story, but because the world that he builds is so well-built and well-described, and you keep getting little more tidbits here and there. And I've said the same thing to multiple people, and every time they come back, and they're like, you're right, this guy's freaking amazing. And basically, it's, I think, four or five books at this point? I don't remember. Uh, but the main concept is it is thousands of years in the future of this world. And at some point it turns out demons are real and they all, they've been sleeping for millions of years and they all wake up and come out. So at night demons will come out and just 
kill people. And mm. so it wipes out the vast majority of humanity across the globe. And so then this is years and years and years later where humanity has kind of adapted to these demons that come out at night. And they have these, they, they call them wards. And it's, it's basically like magical symbols that someone had discovered thousands of years ago that will keep the demons away or there's wards that like if it's a fire breathing demon and you have a wooden shield with the fire ward on it then the fire won't catch the the wood on fire so the first novel is called the painted man or the warded man depending on wh when you buy the book because they've changed the name but he's a guy that ends up discovering some lost wards and he tattoos them all over his body and so he's the main character and then there's a girl main character and another guy main character that are all separate but then they end up meeting up with each other and it's all of their stories and it covers like 20 years of time and this fight against the demons and mm. you start to find out you don't originally realize that it's kind of our world thousands of years in the future but you start to realize that later on and it's just it's amazing and they're long ass books too like it, i, I like listen to level oh like well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many pages because I actually did them on audio when I was working at Dealeron and, and driving half an hour each direction. So most audio books are like 12, 13, maybe 14 hours. And the, I think this, either the second to last or last book was like 32 hours. That's, that's <laughs> massively long. So that's it was how big yeah. Stephen King's It is. It's 34 hours. Yeah, it's, it, they're, they're all massively, massively long, but the, you burn through them so fast. They're so good. Obviously unabridged. Then uh, it says 384 pages on Amazon for the Painted Man paperback international. Yeah, edition. and that one's that one's they, they get longer and longer as you go. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, it's I I'm praying that they make a movie out of it because it's surprising because you know Hollywood has no originality. So how come they haven't scooped <laughs> this stuff up yet? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they are looking for for new stories because they can't come up with their own. Yeah. How about you, Jesse? How about your uh, recommendation for the week? So. I'm going to go with a band that I always go back to this time of year. I, I have a playlist that I call my spooky music playlist, which is tons of rock metal that just kind of fit the vibe of the the month. Uh, and it's very much dominated by a band called Ghost. So Ghost is essentially a band from Sweden uh, led by a guy named Tobias Forge. He dresses as what kind of resembles a a goth pope in, in Skull makeup uh and has this whole character about being uh you know this this pope in this weird church um and it's uh, a backing band of random anonymous people called nameless ghouls and you can kind of describe the music as black sabbath meets scooby-doo um <laughs> it's really good uh it's it's super poppy it's super catchy but if you listen to the lyrics which there's no screaming or anything it's very very well done very melodic uh, it's dark. It's super dark. It gets satanic most of the time. It's great. Uh, one of this household's favorite bands. So uh, highly recommend is that, them. Is that interspersed with your recordings of the Wiggles? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, <laughs> so for the little one. Not kidding. I have played literally every one of their albums on vinyl while changing her because her changing table is next to it. She very, loves them. Very Eats soothing. It up. Very soothing. Eats it up. So ghost. Can't recommend them more. <laughs> what about you, Keith? 
Um, I am going to make a recommendation uh, of a book that actually Matt Siltala caught a picture of me reading at PubCon a few years back. <laughs> um, and it was appropriate because everyone was calling me Dr. Evil at the time. But the name of the book is Evil and the Mask. It's by a Japanese writer named Fuminori Nakamura. And it's a really twisted book. It's about a, an 11 year old kid. He, he, uh, he's called into his father's study. His father's this enigmatic old, uh, character. Um, not a very loving character. And basically he, he tells this kid, I created you to be a cancer in this world. And he reveals to the kid that there is a tradition in their family that this, uh, that, as the patriarch reaches the end of their life, they beget one last child to cause misery in the world that cannot be controlled or saved. And so you, it, it's from this point of view of this kid who's being basically warped by this family tradition to become a psychopath. Um, so wow. really interesting, very twisted, uh, you know, but uh, I, I do recommend that book. So that is my recommendation. And that's a uh, that's it for this week's Tell Me Something Good. <laughs> We're gonna have to make a, a spooky version of the the Very the segment. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit about this at one point, and I'd like to dig in a little deeper because this is definitely my favorite side of horror as I've gotten older. But the supernatural side of things, possession movies, things like that, I'm a big fan of myself. Uh, and it sounds like uh, the audience is a a little split here on that, uh, specifically looking at you, uh, Dr. Good. Uh, so what's everyone else's vibes? Uh, you like supernatural stuff? You don't like it? Why? Maybe we'll I start lived, with you, Casey. I lived, I lived in a haunted house, so Ugh. I'm all over that stuff. I love it. You know what? I, I, I tell you, maybe, and there are a ton of supernatural elements to it. I'm loving love, the Lovecraft Country. On Hell yeah. yeah. The best thing on TV right now. Yeah, period. yeah. And I would say that has a lot of supernatural elements to it. I mean, more kind of the, I don't know if you, I guess you, maybe not as much haunted house, but I mean, yeah, because there was haunted house elements in it, especially when that, you know, when she bought the. Episode two, right? Yeah, yeah. episode two, when she bought the, was it episode three, when she bought the house. I mean, I love it. I think if you guys are. Episode three. Yeah. I think that's like everything. That has like. Yeah, it's so good. Every element. In it. And it's, it's badass. So I've been loving that. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not against it at all. Um, there is. Dude, a we have pictures. You and me have pictures with ghosts in the That's graveyard. Right. That's right. From um, our limo, our haunted limo ride trip that yeah. we did in uh, downtown uh, San Diego, Old Town San Diego, at the uh, what's the name of that house? I don't remember. It's literally, the most haunted, haunted house the other day. It's not. It's not the Winchester House. That's outside of San Francisco. No. No. Gosh darn it! I have to look it up. Yeah. Here. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. <laughs> Barbara. <laughs> so what about you, John? So Supernatural. Um, I'm halfway through the third Hell House LLC series, and I think it might be one of my favorite Supernatural series. I don't know that one. I haven't it's even heard a, of that. So, uh, so essentially, it's actually somewhat recent. There's three of them. The first movie, they basically go and like they they buy this old haunted hotel and they set up a haunted house in it, um, and then something goes and it's it's found footage documentary style. Um, so if you like that stuff, it's fine. Um, but like essentially, the first movie, something goes down, 
the second movie they're going through like and doing an investigative journalism report about what went down and they're trying to find out i, I can't give a whole lot away um but it's very much in the, in the vein of ghosts and satan and uh, demon worship and things like that okay Ooh. it's a the trailer you're gonna be hooked it, it's really good <laughs> nice I'm totally watching that this weekend. Yeah, I burned through the first two in like a day. I was it's so good. So yeah, Greg, that was the that was the Whaley House that we went through. Yeah, the Whaley House is has an incredible history. I mean, literally, one of the kids kills him, kills herself, and the whole house is haunted with multiple ghosts. And we've done this spooky, as Greg mentioned, we we've done this haunted limo ride kind of thing that starts with Old Town San Diego. I've done it like three or four times. And basically it's just because the limo takes us around to these various haunted places in San Diego. And we just drink an unlimited amount of powered alcohol, which is the best part of it. <laughs> so that's the best part. If you're going to go see haunted houses, make sure that you do so lit. That's the best way to go. Mm. <laughs> that's how you end up dying, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you been watching these movies? Yeah. You're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. Yeah, I I actually think that's the coolest thing is all is going to see things that have a real history um, to them. I'll never forget, like growing up, I grew up in Iowa and right on the Mississippi River. And I had a friend, they lived in the coolest old house and they literally had underground railroad tunnels like underneath their houses. And we used to like, of course, we were always told kids, you're not allowed to go down there. But we always did and stuff, and it was always <laughs> we loved to torture all the neighborhood kids. But it was so creepy, um, and we create stories. And of course, there was always like those houses on the edge of town that were barely standing, and you'd spend like two hours like telling the story about how haunted it is before everyone finally drives out there and gets the courage to go up on the porch, <laughs> pretty much, you know. But the hot stuff was always the funnest. I love like growing up. Um, like I think like Amityville Horror was like one of my first movies that I like love that story. And of course the conjuring and all those, because they're just based on these real objects and stories. And that is the stuff like this. That's another show. Like Brian will not let me watch conjuring when he's around. <laughs> it's, he's like, he likes thrasher stuff, you know, and it's like that stuff doesn't bother him. It's just the the supernatural stuff and like right. that that he just doesn't will not handle. Did you hmm. show him Sinister? Oh mm. I wish they'd make another one, man. Those sinister movies are badass. Isn't that the one with Darth Maul in it, I think? Oh, that's insidious. Oh insidious. Uh, okay, never mind. Yeah. Sinister is like halfway between paranormal and halfway between watching scary movies with your partner. And I'm like trying to get my wife to watch Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) You guys don't know how lucky you have it. Hey, we watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Nope. My entire relationship is based off of the Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) Wait, Jennifer's sewn together? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You didn't know? (laughs) That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. See, I live in an inverted sort of situation where my wife doesn't like the slasher stuff. So she'll watch true crime, doesn't mind real blood, 
real dead people, shit like that, doesn't care. You throw fake blood at her and it's gag fest. Like she's not into it at all. So we watch a lot of paranormal stuff and like Conjuring is one of those, oh, there's nothing else on, pop it on sort of movies for us. So I it's it's weird to hear everyone be like, my wife won't watch that or my husband won't watch that, but to watch people killing each other. My wife's like, mm-mm, nope. Forensic Files, let's go to sleep to that, though. So she can't watch right. The Boys then, I assume, because there's a lot of blood in The Boys. We haven't gotten there yet, but probably not. I would imagine that's not going yeah, to be a... Yeah, especially this season. Yeah. Oh, oh, this season has gotten Wait, so gross. <laughs> it's not even horror, and there's so much blood in it. It's so crazy. Um, so one of my favorite types of film, actually, um, just because I, I just I, I, I like to laugh, is is horror comedy. Um, horror comedy movies to me are just a, a load of fun. So I'd love to know what you guys enjoy. Uh, I, I'll go ahead and say mine real quick, just because it's, I, if you haven't watched it, I do recommend it. It's Bubba Hotep. It's a Bruce Campbell. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah, uh, Bubba, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's got him starring as a, as a, a nursing home resident who claims he's Elvis Presley, who has a black friend who claims to be JFK, uh, and uh, so it's a it's a lot of fun. But how about how about he we start? Out? He doesn't claim to be Elvis Presley. He uh, is he Elvis Presley. Well, right, right, exactly. Yes, but the the other fella does claim to be JFK, who got patched up and for some reason died black, uh, and then left in a, abandoned in a nursing home. So that was a really interesting <laughs> um, character. <laughs> so you you. you you narrate the movie or, or summarize the movie so eloquently, Keith. <laughs> oh, I haven't even gotten into any of the uh, the plot elements in that movie at it's all. Been so, so long since I've seen that. Good movie, good movie. Uh, who do we start out with? Casey, do you have a favorite um, horror comedy? I know you've got limited time here, so we'll uh, get you first. Uh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you two. Uh, first for for TV, what we do in the shadows. Yes. Yep. End of story. Enough, enough said. Don't even have to explain that one. Mm-hmm. And then the the Happy Death Day films. Love them. My my uh, yeah. teenage daughter and I bonded over that. The Happy Death Day first one and the Happy Death Day to You. Uh, both of those I think are great. I think they're very well done with the time travel added on to can they or can they not stop the serial killer. Uh, both of those I think are very good. Um, Shelley. Um, I don't know if you call it horror, but. I always love Beetlejuice. That's one of my favorite. It is <laughs> so good. I think it is. Yeah. I like that one. So nobody funny. has answered the right movie yet. <gasps> All right. Well, Greg, let's do you. Next. Right. <laughs> there is only one correct answer to this question. Ghostbusters. No, because Ghostbusters oh, wow. doesn't re- Ghostbusters is a comedy movie. It's I know a where you're going. fiction movie. Ghostbusters is not a horror movie. I think I know where you're going. Where do you think I'm going? So I think you're going Evil Dead. Ah, that's close. Sean, that was my backup answer. What is it? Sean close. Uh, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness yes. is clearly the best comedy horror movie ever made. So, you know what? You're not wrong. You're wrong if you say anything else. <laughs> well, why didn't you go last then? No, I follow the wrong answer, the right answer. While I do agree that it's amazing, I live in a different part of that same Sam Raimi sort of world where I think Drag Me to Hell is that was awesome is, too. That one is my favorite horror comedy, and the comedy part's very debatable there. I very. think it's funny as hell, but it's yeah, yeah. 
So, so John, what was your your answer to the? Uh, was, was it in fact Army of Darkness or? Uh... Oh no, Evil Dead was my backup because I thought Shelly was going to. She already mentioned it earlier. <laughs> I thought she was going to take it, so I had to have a backup. But I swear I wrote these down before we started, and it's Cabin in the Woods, my favorite horror comedy. Oh, nice! Because it, nice. it hits every trope of yeah. horror movies, and, and including the detail of being like almost exactly ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so Sam fun... Raimi. Uh, oh yeah. Apparently, uh, Sam Raimi is apparently the winner here. He he wins the director of, of horror comedy in in general. Mm-hmm. I think because he got three votes basically, three different films. I was going to add on Shelley that uh, recently, because you know, obviously there's a lot of spooky crap that goes on in this house. Um, my my daughter in the mornings we've been watching this Disney Junior show called Vampirina. Mm-hmm. kind of cool vampirina kicks ass dude yeah so pretty cool but i've also Great used that as an watch. opportunity to introduce her to the beetlejuice 90s cartoon oh, there you so go. we've been watching that a lot lately nice and she digs it and as much as a six-month-old can dig it but you can tell she digs it <laughs> nice. going back to sam raimi is spider-man 3 technically a horror comedy because there's some pretty parts scary of that, but yeah pretty damn scary movie <laughs> <laughs> that's a spoopy movie <laughs> part part spooky part poopy yes 100 <laughs> percent spoopy that might be my halloween costume black hair peter parker i dig it <laughs> i dig it so we we've we really dove into the deep end with this panel and started out with the absolute kind of goriest uh side of of the spectrum when it comes to halloween what i'm i'm interested because i really enjoy this this section of it what's everyone's favorite like non-horror kind of halloween movie or show buffy buffy okay but i mean that's still horror elements has a ton of horror elements Mm -hmm. twilight so it has to be so we're talking not horror related whatsoever yeah. Oh, but geez, that's not tough. horror, but Halloween related, or just so for me, movie. it's the the '90s Adams Family movies. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it just has Halloween elements, but it's not necessary scary or horror or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And and like uh, what we do in the shadows, great example of that. I stick with Buffy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you consider Twilight Zone in that role? Sure. Yeah. Totally. It definitely has spooky elements to it. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I, I'm going to go with Outer Limits then. I love Outer Limits. Mm. I used to watch that thing all the time. Every yeah. time I get, every time I get a chance. Totally. Have you guys seen the Slasher TV show? Like literally called Slasher. Mm-hmm. Mm. I had never heard about it before, and uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about it. And, it's the uh, anthology, right? It's the anthology. Yeah, it's an anthology, right. and so it's there's three seasons of it. Mm. It got picked up by Netflix. I think Netflix or Amazon, I don't which, whichever one picked it up, it got picked up from where it was. And they haven't definitively said yes or no to another season, so there might be another season. But there's actors that are in all three, but it's not it's it's a different story every time. But they have sort of like American horror story. They kind of have the same actors throughout. It's awesome. You guys should all watch it. It's so good. Really, really, really good. Oh, Especially yeah. the third the third season was amazing. It's on Netflix? Uh, I think, let me look. I'm pretty sure it's Netflix. I yeah, think Netflix. Can... Yeah, it's on Netflix. 
It's called Slasher. It's awesome. It's for sure you got to watch it. And nice. it's violent. It's it's gory too. It's gonna let all my wife's cue and hilarity will ensue. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, or- Shelly or John? What what favorite non non spooky? Well, spooky non horror Halloween movie or show? Maybe like Hocus Pocus or something or. Mm. That's the Witches of Eastwich or something like that. Like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any of y'all watch Supernatural? Yeah, love it. I love Supernatural. I'm so bummed it's over. I am too, but I'm excited to see how it goes. Okay, so it finally ended. Well, it's not yet. It got uh, yeah, put off right. by COVID, but they came back and like they've just like this is the second week of like the last six episodes. Okay, I, that is why I've been holding out. I wanted it to be done so I could just really knock it out, dude. It's fifteen seasons. You could probably yeah. go ahead and start. I watched all of Friends in thirty days. I I can do this. All right. For yeah. those who need to do the math, that averages to seventeen episodes a day. It's pretty. It's pretty insane wow. where that show went because I started watching it and I think I got. Maybe three episodes in before something else came up, and I stopped watching it. Supernatural, yeah, for Supernatural, and I and I, you know, for whatever reason, life just gets in the way, and I, I go from them sort of discovering, you know, or them working to sort after their father dies to kill all the demons or whatever, and then I, I sort of jump back in maybe five or six seasons later and suddenly there's angels everywhere and there's all this, this <laughs> sort of heaven and hell discussion oh, yeah. going oh, on. Oh yeah, this the big bad, the big bad this season is God. Yeah, God's the person they're trying to get rid of. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so into the show now. Dude, you can watch it. It's seriously the best show. Uh, ironically, is. Brian watches that and he loves it. But it's great. I love it. That's, I think you've done a very good job. That's insane. And it kind of reminds me of the old um, Incarnations of Immortality series written by Piers Anthony, where uh, humans become these incarnations of gods after the the gods that are currently those gods either die or they be, they just want to stop being gods and there's they they do mars they do death they do time they do gaia and then it, the last book in that series is god <laughs> god's like all right i'm done and so they have to uh find someone someone to replace god in those instances so it's a very interesting book series all right I, I personally want to know this one myself uh, because obviously you guys are all attracted to horror and Halloween type stuff. Uh, what would you say is the scariest moment of your life in actuality, in reality? Um, where do we start? Jifford, let's go with you first. Oh, geez. Um, Related to supernatural stuff or not related to supernatural stuff? I mean, you know, a scariest moment for, for a lot of people would be like, I was in a car accident and I nearly died. But I think probably supernatural would be a lot lot more fun for this particular episode. Um, well, I, I lived in a house that was haunted, so there were some various kind of freaky things that happened, but I never felt scared. Uh, but I stayed in a haunted hotel for a conference a couple of years ago, and... Uh, I did not know the hotel was haunted until I talked to someone who had had a really, really bad experience the year before that she basically described, like, think of the exorcist and Amityville horror combined. And it was that bad or worse. And the hotel staff knew about it. And like, she had to like leave a room at two in the morning because of all the shenanigans going on. And the staff was like, we'll go get your bags and your stuff for you in the morning when all the occurrences have calmed down. So that was, 
that, that was interesting. And so then that night I was in a room and, and she told me that they were aware of multiple rooms on property that had regular occurrences. Oh. And so uh, I, I woke up and there was a, a not pleasant, uh, let's call it entity in the room doing stuff to try to fuck with me. And it was kind of scary. Uh, I, almost, I, I almost got up and checked out, but uh, luckily I was drunk enough from the, the party that I ended up <laughs> just putting a pillow over my head and passing out. But it was the, the 30 minutes of shenanigans was pretty scary. Is it a hotel in Dallas? No, it was in Lexington, Kentucky. Okay, gotcha. I'm going to pistol whip the next one of you that says shenanigans. Hey, Parva, <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant with all the chashkis on the wall? Shenanigans? <laughs> oh. When the when staff says, oh, we're aware of occurrences. <laughs> like, you got to phrase it like that. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> that is, that is. Uh, John, what's, you got any terrifying moments of your life personally? I mean, like, I've been in some houses where you walk in and you're immediately like, oh, this is for sure haunted. I'm not buying this house. Um, but, like, truly, like, made me, like, nope out of a situation. <laughs> so um, there's always a scene in a movie where they walk around the corner and then there's, like, the bad guy just standing there in the middle of a room or a road. And I had one of those situations where I, I went to school, like, briefly studied abroad in Austria. And, like, small town, not a big city, like, a small town. And, like, we decided, me and, like, two other people that we were with decided to go on a walk at night. We were just, like, bored and didn't feel like going out to drink or anything. We just walked around. And it started raining, and we were lost. And we were like, all right, it's raining. We're lost. Like, let's just head back. And we're going, it's all cobblestone. And you turn a corner, and there's this, like, really older woman. Looks like she's a witch, like, wearing this classic witch outfit. Standing by herself, swaying back and forth by herself in the middle of a road at night. That's creepy. It was really creepy. We were just like, I don't know if that's where we're supposed to go, but we're not going that way. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Shelly, got any scary moments? You, you obviously spent some time in some tunnels in your life. <laughs> yes. Um, so those were, like, intentionally, like, I feel like you go in them to be scared. Um, but probably I feel like the moments that are the most scarce are the ones you don't anticipate. And the one that sticks out to me was I, every summer I used to actually go to camp um, down off the Mississippi River. Um, and we it was really remote camp. And it was actually up a hill up on a bluff overlooking the river. And the last night... Uh, we always usually sleep in cabins, but the very last night of camp before we go home, we always camp out in tents in the woods. And so we, um, you know, just normal. It's not even that far, like like maybe a three minute walk kind of in the woods from where all the main cabins and all of that is. So we get really tucked in, ready for bed and one of my friends was like, I have to use the bathroom and I cannot do it out here. And so the camp counselor was like, well, buddy system, you got to take someone with you. Mm -hmm. um, so we, um, you know, go to walk back up the hill, basically. And we get out onto the road and we're not all that far away from where the tents were and all of that. And out of the corner of our eye, we see just this guy standing there and he's like, 
he just, we just, I don't even know what he said, but we hear this deep voice. It was like a growl. And we instantly run and we're screaming, screaming, because like, this is a girls camp. And all of a sudden there's this random guy, like no men should be on the property whatsoever. Um, And it was terrifying. And we didn't even get that far. We're just screaming. Of course, everyone comes running out of the tents, like the counselors and with flashlights. And so I thought that was my scariest moment. But like, no one could find this person ever. Like there was actually, there's three of us all together and we all saw it. We all heard it. And that was probably the creepiest, like to this day, I'm like, what was that? Like so (laughs) scary. Oh man, that's intense. Casey, you got any scary moments like running out of bourbon or bacon? I mean, I, was, I once had someone, I had to go on a blind date once and they took me to a vegan restaurant. I don't know how, <laughs> I, I thought it was, I don't know how I even got out of that. It was crazy. <laughs> no meat anywhere. No, sir. No, it's just a vegan restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I man. I, my hair is standing up on edge thinking about it. <laughs> right now. Terrifying. No, 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 no. I mean, as John said, car accidents. I mean, we everyone's been in car accidents. I've been in more than my share, and uh, we had an interesting situation—a two-car accident. It's funny now, but what happened was, you know, I told you the story about the taking the wife to the scream zone, mm-hmm. and we had another couple down there. And on the way back home, it was well after midnight before we made it all back up here to Ramona, which is East San Diego County. And I was following her. She she was in a. Um, like a crossover kind of car. And I had a white Nissan SUV Pathfinder or whatever. And coming from us in the other direction was this van and the van was going at a very high rate of speed. We could see it coming because it's a relatively flat road and it came around a corner and it literally went over into my wife's lane and it looked like she was going to get hit head on. Mm. And she pulled over, she jabbed on her brakes and pulled over to the side and the guy corrected at the last minute and they went back over to his, re- to his lane and passed us well she jammed on her brakes so hard that i literally i back ended her so i i in my nissan pathfinder literally crushed her car hmm. now it cost i managed to like move my car over enough on the left lane that it was only kind of a glancing blow but what happened was that when i hit her car it had caused both of my car doors to lock couldn't get out and so she it's dark and she had gone up a couple of feet. And so she gets out of her car and she keeps waiting for me to get out of my car. And I can't get out. So she's, of course, heightened with anxiety, thinking that I'm injured or something. And finally, I managed to crawl over and get out of the back end of my car. And it was like a couple of seconds for me to climb over the back of the seat, get out the back end of the car and come around and meet her. And yeah, that was not good. You come to find out we we know a lot of police officers and we managed to call one really quickly. And the highway patrolman came down and the highway patrolman who came to our to assess the situation was our neighbor and we were telling him all this stuff and he says yeah i wanted you guys to know that they caught him numerous people had reported him speeding through ramona the guy didn't even know he'd gone through ramona he was actually trying to get to ramona and stop <laughs> and he went through ramona like five minutes before so he had no idea where he was and they ended up booking him in and he had like some ridiculous like five times the legal limit good times yes. That was Halloween. That was Halloween. We went to Scream Zone on Halloween. That was a that was a future horror movie in the making. There, he, right. the spirits right. of, of people he killed haunting in the rest of his life. That's that's pretty <laughs> insane. 
Man, Jess, you got any scary moments? So mine are always, it's not necessarily scary moments. I do have a couple of times where I almost died that really sucked. Um, but I mean, throughout my life, I've always kind of picked up on things and seen things. So those, it's it's one of those things I tune out and when it happens, it's really bad. So it sucks. Um, but I think it's more of looking back on some stuff that happened when I was really little. Um, my, my, my grandfather and my dad used to travel a bunch uh, to teach nuclear pharmacy in California. And every now and then we would go out with them and keep in mind, my grandfather died when I was like five. So, I mean, I was really little when all of this stuff happened, but evidently there was a time when we were in the, uh, the hotel room or, you know, whatever that we were staying in and there were no windows. Um, and I just randomly turn around and say, uh, uh Papa will be here in, in like two minutes and knock on the door. He's here. Um, so my parents were always kind of like, Whoa, that's really weird. There was evidently another time within not too long after that, where I turned around randomly to them and said, Oh, uh, my great grandmother, let's set her name, uh, is going to die on this date. And they wrote the date down. And evidently it was like three days from several years later when she actually died. Oh, so at the age of three, I predicted my great grandmother's death within a week of when she actually did die. So it's not necessarily like super scary stuff that's happened to me other than the obvious almost dying a few times. Uh, but it's looking back on shit like that going, oh, that's really intense. Uh, and now having a kid going, oh, please, God, don't ever do that. <laughs> uh, I believe it. So, uh, yeah. What wow. about what about you, Mr. Um, can't suspend your disbelief? No, like, honestly, I got to be honest. Um, I've tried to find scary moments in my life. I've I've actively sought them out. I if someone told me that a graveyard was haunted, I went to that graveyard. If somebody told me it was a house was haunted, I'd go to that house. Um, there, there was a bridge that was on top of Bowcatcher Mountain in Asheville, North Carolina. They said someone hung themselves from and on a moonlit night. You can see the body hanging from the bridge. Um, and so I drove and I, I both sat under the bridge and then went on top of the bridge. Nothing, you know, so I've actually sought these things out. But I will say this. I think I have a burgeoning uh, level of OCD that's sort of hidden and deep inside of my subconscious uh, because I, I have this recurring dream where in my mind, I believe that there is a certain pattern of activities I need to engage in before going to bed or I will enable a demon to come into my house, which I don't believe in demons. So, and I, and, and I, and I will wake up in the middle of the, the night uh, realizing that I forgot to turn the dial on this one thing, a certain number of clicks uh, before I went to bed. And then uh, I'll lean up and like, I'm still half asleep at this moment and I'll see a figure at the, at the, the bottom of my bed. And uh, of course, in reality, I'll jump out of bed and I'll start running through the <laughs> Through right. the house, looking for this this supposed demon. Of course, I'll come to full consciousness and realize, oh, what a stupid dream. Then I'll go back to bed and I'm, I'm done for. But I do have this sort of burgeoning OCD where I'm like, oh, there's a certain pattern I needed to follow before going to bed. Um, but yeah, subconsciously, maybe I am afraid of things, but consciously, I fear nothing. <laughs> See, when you started bringing up OCD, I thought you were going to say that you had this reoccurring dream that you keep going to bed without cleaning all of the supplies on your at your bar um promptly so maybe like waited an hour yeah yeah exactly so oh i didn't my cutting board's been dirty for over an hour <sighs> bacteria <Yeah. laughs> 
So oh. we're we're living in a very interesting time right now, and that's obviously in the 13 episodes that we have been doing this podcast through the pandemic, it's come up a little bit. And I mean, from a horror movie lover perspective, we're kind of living in a controlled horror movie, more or less. Um, <laughs> Simulated reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're living in a Dustin Hoffman movie. Um, yeah, definitely. So I, I was wondering, how is everyone, especially because most of us have families, how are you dealing with Halloween during a pandemic? Uh, what what are you doing? Like for us, we've been dressing the kiddo up in Halloween themed clothes all month. She's got a couple costumes. We're going to her grandparents' house. But I mean, it's it's not the thing that I've built up in my mind for 32 years of what my kid's first Halloween would be. Right, right. So, I mean, what are what are you guys doing to to at least kind of keep it somewhat normal? I mean, I've gotten lucky this year. I, my kids are finally have gotten a bit older, so I don't necessarily feel like they're going to be devastated if they can't go trick or treating or anything. Dylan's probably the only one at this point, um, but I'm just I, they haven't. What's weird is no one's really discussed it. Like, what's the plan for the communities? And and I, I brought it up with Brian. I was like, well, maybe we can put together, like, little individual treat bags and stuff. I, I don't know, because I don't want, you know, obviously kids' hands and a bucket of candy, you know, and stuff like that. But I told the kids, I was like, we're just going to buy a bunch of candy and you guys need it. Like, you're not going anywhere. Um, I don't know. We'll just watch. Scary movie. Brian will let me watch scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think it depends, I think it depends on where you are. I mean, we're in a very conservative area of San Diego County. I know it's hard to believe here in California that they exist. And they're literally, it's, people are committed to having a normal Halloween where we are, they're doing Main Street trick-or-treating. Uh, they People have already said we are going to have trick-or-treating door-to-door. Uh, there's big areas here in the San Diego country estates that uh, where we live, which is kind of an organized community with about 2,200 homes, that they're going to have regular trick or treating. We're going to see how that goes. Uh, there, are, there are Halloween parties. It's crazy. Yeah, it, uh, it, that's so funny to me. You've, you, you've got a very conservative group of people, and they're like, "We will celebrate this pagan holiday." Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> we are going to celebrate this pagan holiday. <laughs> Yeah, we, we really have the kids. cognizant of it. I mean, there's, you know, we've been invited to Halloween parties. Whether we're going to go, we don't know. Certainly, if we did, maybe I'll go as a bubble guy and I'll just be in a bubble. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, I, we already mentioned the drive by haunted houses. I'm definitely going to take the kids to do that tomorrow night. So that's, you know, where I think everyone's trying to be as normal as they can circumstances as they are if you go anywhere in a bubble and you know the bubble boy joke doesn't fly for some reason just <laughs> say that you are an attendee of a flaming lips concert there you go done and i will do that there you go <laughs> i actually have to jump on another call guys so i gotta let you go but i just want you to let you know that my favorite halloween candy is a uh, tie between circus peanuts and candy corn so let the hate begin I love candy corn. <laughs> love me some circus peanuts, especially the softer, the better. Uh, throw in some orange slices and some baby roots, and we're good to go. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Thanks we'll for coming on, buddy. Thanks, Casey. Good to see you, buddy. Bye. Bye, Casey. So what about you, John? What are you doing this year, especially with a new kiddo? Uh, uh, well, at three months old, there's not much like trick-or-treating going on. Sure there is. Uh, 
<laughs> can we get the candy for him? Like no. it's for a, yeah. No. Um, no. And again, uh, much like Casey, I live in a very conservative part of uh, Texas, which is hard, I know hard to believe. Um, <laughs> east of Dallas, but um, it. I mean, we're probably going to just hunker in. We're too paranoid with, about everything with a newborn, so we're just going to stay in and watch movies and probably eat our own candy. Same, pretty much. Jifford. Uh, yeah, like Penny, all, all of the, my oldest is in high school. He doesn't really care. He just likes to scare kids on Halloween. But the two littles, they don't even really care about dressing up so much. Like, we're still going to dress up. We're still going to get them costumes just because it's kind of fun. But what they really care about is they want to carve pumpkins because we didn't carve pumpkins last year for oh, whatever man. reason. We were busy or I don't even remember why, but we just didn't carve pumpkins last year. And they don't even care so much that they don't get to go trick-or-treating. All they care about this year is we want to carve pumpkins. And we're like, okay, well, if that's your biggest takeaway from Halloween this year, then that's easy, you know? And then uh, we're going to do a – and since they don't get to go out and go trick-or-treating, we're going to buy a bunch of candy and just do a candy scavenger hunt at the house. Nice. So kind of like like looking for Easter eggs but looking for little bags of candy. So That's awesome. That's brilliant. Maybe I'll hide my bags out in the yard and we'll put a sign on the door. (laughs) Yeah. See, we had a similar line of thinking as you, Shelly. We were going to do a bunch of individually wrapped bags and just line them up in our driveway. But then again, I don't want to be the dude that was the center for COVID contraction here in the neighborhood. So it was like, that or you have some jackass high school kid that's like, ooh, free candy. And they come take it all and ruin the point. Yeah. Then they have to deal with Sam from Trick or Treat, and that's none of my business. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, too funny. Is that a real axe in the background there, Shelly, or is that uh, that just a decoration? <laughs> oh no, totally real. I... Did you wedge the door, and that's how you keep the kids out? <laughs> yes. I was wondering. Is, is, yeah, is that okay? <laughs> it's really, really effective at scaring the kids. <laughs> do, do, do you oh, use yeah, that to yeah. do you use that to knock on their door and go here's johnny yeah <laughs> <Pretty much>. yeah <laughs> so okay that brings up a point that i'm super interested in and i know greg will be too uh so my transition here is here's johnny the shining the shining movie is excellent the book is better horror books what what's everyone's line of thinking here favorite one Anyone have a favorite? Mine would be either The Shining or Salem's Lot. Any of the Stephen King ones, they're all really good. Yeah, um, R.L. Stein, though. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. Nothing like the sponge underneath the sink, which that did scare the shit out of me as a little kid. So, so actually, you know, what's funny is Brian and I were just talking. He... We, he has this weird tendency to tuck our comforter like as tight as possible around the bed. And he says he cannot have his feet dangling off the side like at all. And it all comes from those garbage pail kids (laughs) (laughs) in the cartoon from when we were younger, because there was an alligator that liked to eat little kids toes. And it was if they were dangling off the bed. (laughs) It was a blast from the past. He had to pull it out and show it to Dylan the other night because she's like, why do you do that? And he's like, I'm still traumatized by that. (laughs) So basically what you're telling us, Brian, is just a gigantic scary. (laughs) When he shuts the lights off in the room, like he usually has me do it, but you'll hear him. 
little feet run as Oh, that's hilarious. I'm so excited to see Brian again and use this all against him. You absolutely should. You I'm know, so stoked. For Christmas, just get him like an Alexa or a, uh, I don't know, a Google Home and just have the smart lights so he can just go, you know, Alexa, turn off the lights or whatever. That way he doesn't have to run after turning off the lights. <laughs> oh, and it's so entertaining. I love it. <laughs> Poor guy. Now everybody listening to the show is going to run up to him behind him at, at the next conference and go, boo, you know, and just try to scare him. <laughs> Greg, Keith, you got any horror books that you enjoy? Uh, I really enjoyed The Strain, the series The Strain. Uh, the TV show the TV show sucked, but the books were enjoyable. I like those a lot. Um, it's not really horror horror, but the, the Passage series, also about vampires, was really good, too. I like that a lot. I dig it. I'm trying to remember the name of this book. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, oh, I got I gotta go, go ahead. I have to Google it. I don't remember what the name of the book is. Okay, so there's a book called The Historian. And oh, I've read that, yes. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's about like Count Dracula, but it's it's got it's just such a cool weave of real like real history, which I think is super cool, and with like this, you know, nonfiction and fiction story all in one, which I think is super cool. But if you like Dracula and, and vampires and all, and I've heard about that one. I've heard it's really good. I read it in a day because I could not put it down. It wow, great. that's a big book too. It's not a small it book. Very good. It was. It was a good fifteen solid hours. <laughs> mm. The hatching. Ooh. Oh, I don't know the hatching. Oh man, it is creepy as fuck, and it just stops. And I read it when it came out. And so then it just stops. And book two picks up literally exactly where book one stopped. But I had to wait a year for that to come out. And then yeah, I'd wait another year for the third one to come out. But it's it's a three-book series. And basically what it is, uh, they're digging at the Nazca lines in Peru. And one of the Nazca lines is a giant spider. And they unearth this box that has this spider egg in it and it turns out it's this ancient species of spiders that almost decimated humanity millions of years ago that these nazca people that made the lions figured out how to stop them and stopped them but now because they unearthed it they come back and they all hatch and they come out and just decimate humanity and it's just it's if you don't like spiders man you don't want to read this book it is <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy good, but it's really scary. It's good. It's awesome. That's awesome. Hmm. I have a serious answer. So it wasn't Arl Stein. It's actually uh, it's actually a comic book. It's Serious House on Serious Earth. Um, it's Grant Morrison's take on Arkham Asylum, and the it's basically Batman going in, doing like the movie The Raid, basically doing that in Arkham Asylum, but like the artwork itself is truly terrifying. Um, very different. I'm gonna post a, a link to some Google, like a Google image link, but like a, it's truly one of the most terrifying like comic books you can read. It took me a couple days to get through. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never heard of that. It's intense. And I'm a big Grant Morrison fan. Um, mm -hmm. I, I loved his uh, his book Super Gods, or uh, was it? Yeah, Super Gods, or no? Yeah, 
it, it's it's basically his take on um basically the, the 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 mythology behind Superman and how it sort of plays into our our sense of of gods versus you know these superheroes and then then he sort of then he does a weird shift at the very end of that where he starts talking about chaos magic the last yeah, sort yeah. Of, of course two or did. three chapters yeah. of the book are about chaos magic so, and, and how they're important to his life serious house on serious earth is before he started doing drugs so to get into this mind state he just did sleep deprivation wow and so he would wait until he just was like so delirious from sleep deprivation and then he would start writing interesting wow. yeah very interesting. <laughs> the worst kind but, of method. Well, you know, I'm going to need to recommend a Japanese writer, by the way. Of course uh, you are. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Why wouldn't I? That's just my MO. Um, you have probably seen the movie Audition. Um, <laughs> I uh, recommended it, so everyone should have. Yeah, there is there is a book, though, called by uh, Ryu Murakami. Um, and I only happened upon this, this book, um, after seeing the audition movie after, um, I was looking for some Haruki Murakami stuff and they just happened to be right, right next to each other in the bookstore. But yeah, Ryu Murakami has, has a book version of audition. Um, so if you want to be completely disturbed and never want to date again, uh, twice, you can, uh, read the book in addition to watching the movie. Uh, it is an absolutely terrifying book about a poor, <laughs> poor widower who happens to have a very skeezy friend who's a producer, uh, a movie producer. Um, he's, um, he spent most of his life, his, his child's life raising his child and hasn't bothered dating. And his friend says, well, I tell you what, let's do, let's have an audition, a quote unquote audition where we bring in all these women who meet your ideal uh, woman standard and you can take one out and she has to go out with you because she'll think you're a producer. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, he meets this perfect woman and, and like what's really disturbing about the movie itself is the way that the music makes you believe that this is sort of an ideal romance and they're having such a wonderful time. And then he realizes she's a psycho and she has a man in a bag in her, in her apartment. Um, so anyway, I recently moved and my wife were like packing movies. My wife goes, what is this movie? I'm like, nope, don't even ask. Nope. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. So, and it is terrifying. So looking at the time, I believe we have made it to the lightning round. <laughs> lightning round. Crackle, crackle, crackle. <laughs> well, we've changed it up a little bit this time around. Normally we ask the same three questions of all the guests. And so um, we thought, why not get a little spooky with this one and come up with some Halloween questions for the lightning round. So let's go ahead and get started with this. Uh, I gave you guys these questions early on, so you should have a fairly quick answer to this. And we'll go in order of how I see you on my screen. So it'll be Shelly, Greg, and then John. Uh, and so we will begin question number one. If you had to choose, which horror movie villain would you be? Shelley. Carrie. <laughs> okay. Well done. Craig. Pinhead. Ooh, nice. Book version or movie version? Oh, probably book version. You're a lady. <laughs> <laughs> the book version is so much scarier and fucked up, though. True. Yeah. yeah. John. Uh, Andrew Tully from Hell House. Oh, nice. Okay, this is this is a strong recommendation coming you for from you for Hell House, and I don't think I've seen that. So uh, I need to. First one's good, second one's better, and it explains a lot more. Nice. You have to watch them succinctly. Very nice. Uh, okay, what is your favorite Halloween candy, Shelley? <laughs> um, Halloween Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> I get so excited as soon as I see them on the shelves every year. 
Awesome. Greg? Uh, Twix candy bars. Ooh, dig it. And John? Reese's. Reese's. Big cups, little cups, pieces? Big. Little's okay. just rude. <laughs> <laughs> it is rude. It is. Go full, go, go full sized. I feel like they were bigger when I was a kid, too, but maybe it's because my hands were smaller. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. Last question. If you had to wear a single costume or cosplay year round, what would it be? Oh, I'd Show. probably do Daenerys Targaryen. She's so cool. Not wow. very scary, but she always looks badass. I mean, <laughs> get a little Especially cold in the winter, people. but yeah, yeah right. <laughs> true. That's true. Greg. Oh, gosh, man, that'd be tough. That's so other. I mean, because that doesn't just go Halloween. That if you're talking mm. cosplay, that's like anything. I mean, it's you got to walk um, down the street in this. You've got to speak at conferences so in this. Hard. Uh, jeez. I think it would be badass to be Khan. <laughs> oh wait, uh, are you talking about the original Khan? Star Trek Two. Star I, Trek Two. Okay. Wrath of Khan. Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo Montalban. Okay, be, gotcha. That would be a pretty stellar because you got to do something that not a lot of people are going to do. You know, because it's pointless to wear the same costume that a bunch of other people are going to wear. So you got to kind of go out there on the edge and do something a little different. Awesome. Awesome. John. I would be Morpheus from the Sandman series and just tell everyone I'm from Depeche Mode. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is you could have chosen Tony Robbins as your, as your costume or cosplay, but you guys went with the actual, actual uh, characters. I'm actually impressed by that. <laughs> yeah. If you dressed up as Tony Robbins year round, well, you could just look like everybody else. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to do that. Maybe like Lucifer from Lucifer. He wears a nice suit. But that like... is true. That is true. It'd be hard to go swimming in that, though, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, that is our Halloween edition of The Lightning Round. So with that, I think we are at time. Uh, thank you all for attending the uh, the first ever panel and first ever Halloween panel of the Austin Otaku podcast. Uh, we appreciate having you on and hope everyone has a safe Halloween. Thank we you for joining us for episode 13. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a special Halloween edition of the Austin Otaku podcast. To learn more about us and our show, To be a guest, or to subscribe to our show, go to www.austinotaku.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Happy Halloween!